1: Ty's got good hair.
3: Chuck, we had a bet on our Fence Man Friday picks. On Friday, how many times you played golf? How many times did you play golf last <laughs> week? I had three. I played three
2: times. Oh, oh Chuck. You were supposed oh. To, we were supposed to get together uh, on that. I forgot to tell you. I'm glad you didn't oh, Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I played, I played three five. times. Oh,
4: okay. well,
3: I... I called it. Well, Chuck, <laughs> tell to him me. what he won, Johnny. A <laughs> uh, yeah, really. box, yeah. box of chocolates. Well, yeah. I saw. Uh, I was walking into the hotel yesterday. Roman Harper, former Alabama safety, had his uh, Alabama golf clubs. He was about to go play at the links a little bit. And uh, I'm assuming there's a few nice courses around here. Chuck, uh, it's been a while since you've been down to SEC Media days. I've got an extra bed, man. If you want to fly over and and come stay with us this week, well, you're
1: nice to offer. You're nice to offer, and uh, I'll see if I can't work that in. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, man, uh, I know you've been to um, a number of these, and
3: we'll get a chance to hear from Greg Sankey, Brian Kelly, Eli Drinkowitz, and and Jimbo Fisher today. I've got some thoughts on each of every one of those. What what are you most intrigued by the commissioner
1: when he steps up at 1130 later on? Well, you know, these things have become kind of rallies. You know, if you really look at what's happened the last couple of weeks, you know, the Big 12 guy said what he was going to, you know, said about – You know, maybe Oklahoma didn't really want to go to the SEC, and, you know, these things kind of turn into, you know, almost rallies, you know, as I said, and so I suspect Sankey will be interesting. I think he'll be good. He'll be asked about all the stuff he's been asked about the last several weeks. Uh, When's there going to be more realignment? Money? NIL? Um, You know, those those are the questions he's going to be asked today, but the commissioner really gets center stage on day one and sankey is the highest of the high profile commissioners and so what he says today will be discussed all over the country
3: yeah big 10 media days will follow this so guarantee that their new commissioner will definitely be watching you you mentioned that oklahoma thing that was something tommy and i were, were discussing you think there's any truth to that You think there's any truth to the idea that maybe they were the unwilling bride in this situation and they just were tagged along with Texas as the husband and they were just maybe having some second thoughts entering the Southeastern Conference?
1: No, I don't think there's anything to this at all. I think it's a bunch of nothing. I think it's a commissioner last week in the Big 12 who, again, was in a sense conducting a rally. And um, I think that, you know, they wanted to maybe pour a little cold water on the SEC celebration this week of adding two of the major brands in college sports. So, no, I don't think there's anything to it at all. And even if there was, it doesn't matter. I mean, even if there was, it doesn't matter. But yeah. no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything to that story. I, I, I just think it's the kind of things that come out of conferences media days. Yeah, and in
2: the end, you know, they're going to be a member of this league. And in the end, there's no question. OU and Texas are a package deal. That was far more valuable. It uh, wasn't one plus one equals two. was one plus one equals three with those two joining this league.
1: Well, this is
2: about money,
1: guys. I mean, let's not forget what this is about. I mean, that's what this is about. And that was uh, – now, I do think the football people at both schools – now, I'm talking about the football people. I think they understand what's coming. And I think they know that they've got to change some of the things that they're doing now. And I think they will. Just for the record, I think they will. I do not expect Oklahoma and Texas – to be bottom half of the league every year, I don't believe that's going to happen for a second. These brands have been around for a hundred years. They've adapted and they've changed. Oklahoma has gone from the days of Greg Pruitt to the day and Jack Mildren uh, to the days of uh, winning Heisman Trophy uh, Heisman Trophy with their quarterbacks throwing the football. I mean, everything changes and they'll adapt. But I do think the football people understand that. There's a lot more to this than money from their perspective, and I think they've got some trepidation, but I think that's at both places. I think that's at Oklahoma and Texas. I think the football people at both places understand what's coming. Yeah. Well,
3: in regards to the Sooners and the Longhorns, Texas has won, I think, the Big 12 once since 2010. Oklahoma has won it consistently there. Now, more some people are more in belief of Sark and less belief in Venables. You could say that maybe Oklahoma will be a lot better this year. But this is a big year for both schools, their final year in the Big 12 to get ready for this league, which we know is a titan this next season.
1: Well, here's the thing, guys. Let's just be honest. If anyone doubts how relevant the brands of Texas and Oklahoma are, we've spent more time this summer talking about Texas and Oklahoma than we've talked about any of the other 13 teams that currently play in the SEC. And that's just the truth. I'm not knocking anybody. We've spent too much time talking about them, and so has everybody else. But that's the relevance that they bring to the league. You know, it's not like Oklahoma and Texas right now are at the peak of their games. But we talk about them all the time, and so does everybody else. That's what they bring, and... and, um, I don't care what the Big 12 says. They've uh, they've they've lost their two crown jewels. Well, you mentioned Sankey. He's going to speak
2: today. LSU, Texas A&M, and Missouri are also here. Any of those three
1: coaches intrigue you more than the other two? Is Jimbo today? Yes, sir. I think that what he's got to say about Petrino will be interesting to the people here. Um, I think that that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. I think once Sankey says what he says, I think there will be a flurry of Internet activity early this afternoon. Uh, It'll all be about what Sankey had to say. And then as the day progresses and as the coaches get up there during the course of the day, they'll begin to dominate the news. And by tomorrow and the next day, it'll be football. SEC Media Days, when they get down to talking about football, really doesn't mean much because there's a whole August to go through before you even get to the game, and a lot of the things they say will be dated uh, two days into fall practice. But there are larger things that happen at these Media Days, and they have become shows. I can remember when SEC Football Media Days was nothing, you know, and now they're going to, you know, they're all over national radio and television today. So. Things have certainly changed, and there's a lot more entertainment value now to it than there once was.
2: I, mean, I don't think there's a there's a section of the of the college football fan base out there that cares about media days as a whole, but I wonder about you know our fans and our audience outside of Wednesday when the Razorbacks are here and when Sam Pidman and KJ and Rocket and Landon Jackson are here, You know, how much attention – you know, I don't think they're living on every word of what happens with each and every other school.
1: Well, that's where the entertainment's got to come in. Yeah, exactly. You can't stretch this thing out over four days and not say a few things that are controversial. I suspect Drinkwits will. I think some others probably will, too. I mean, if you're going to stretch this thing out, I remember when they did this in two days, and they could have done it in one day if you get right down to it. But if you're going to stretch this thing out over four days... Yes, what you're saying applies not only to our fans, but all the other fans, too. They're going to pay close attention on the day their guy's there. And the other days, if somebody says something that grabs their attention, they'll, 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 they'll look. But otherwise, they're going to go on with what they're doing. And, you know, that's the thing about media days. Now, That's why the Big 12 commissioner said what he said last week. You've got to do something to keep yourself in the cycle there for a couple of days. Yeah, you mentioned Drinkowitz. How
3: quickly into his speech does he take a pot shot at Arkansas? Or does that happen in the I other media room? He loves to do that for whatever reason. I remember him getting asked about the, the rivalry. Uh, well, one with, of
1: these days, Arkansas is going to win that game. And uh, all the things that he says, just like anybody else, will come back and bite him in the butt. Well, yeah, they wanted to. I
3: mean, they beat them pretty good two years ago, but you still beat these guys in Colombia. And I mean, you've said it several times, and you're right. Arkansas needs to take this game more seriously. This I don't. I don't know how. Well, you there's do that. a lot
1: that's going to happen before we get there. There is a full season that's going to happen before we get to that game, and I, I, I'm a firm believer that where you are going into that game has a lot to do with what your attitude's going to be as you approach it. And if Arkansas is playing for something, I guarantee you that game will mean something. See, so bring up
3: Jimbo Fisher. He's, of course, going to get asked numerous questions about Bobby Petrino. But in addition to that, he's going to ask, get asked about the losing season and the fact that they had the number one recruiting class and still had a, a terrible record. And really, their saving grace was beating LSU at the tail end of their year. We we we've talked we talked about this last week. Tennessee's a really intriguing SEC West team with Petrino coming in with, with Wegman and what they have at the quarterback position. And Smith, who's one of the more versatile players in all of college football, and they get damn at home this year. And they beat them, as we know, two years ago and went toe-to-toe with them in Tuscaloosa. That is a very intriguing SEC watch, SEC West matchup that we have this year.
1: couple of yeah, A couple of points on A&M. They're going to be better. They're not going to have a losing season. I don't know how good they're going to be in terms of total wins, but they won't go through what they did last year. And furthermore, this is not basketball. The idea that you're going to sign the number one freshman class in college football and it's going to pay dividends on the field the next year I mean, what are people paying attention to? I mean, do they think this is basketball? The idea that you know you're going to bring in a freshman class and the SEC in football and beat everybody. I mean, it's silly. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, they'll be better this year. I don't. I don't have any doubt about that. They'll be better. But I don't think people expected a losing season. If you look at the recruiting. I, I no, that's 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 certainly true. But the idea that. A number one recruiting class in college football leads to success the next year. That doesn't happen. a ms problem last year as the season wore on was quarterback play. Mm-hmm. A bunch I, of guys get hurt. And you and, wonder... Uh, uh, some guys didn't develop. They'll be better there this year, I guarantee you.
3: Yeah, and you wonder how long those, some of those guys that maybe were freshmen this past season, either if they're going to play more extensively this year, they feel like that they can play because... Again, it, like you're saying, it's not a one-and-done guys in basketball. It takes that. But, it, it, well, again, go ahead.
1: Let me, let me make this point, too. And I'm not saying this happened there. But how many times in pro sports do you see guys that get the big contracts up front and get the guaranteed money up front and they just go out there and it doesn't seem like there's the same fire in their belly? Um, I wonder, I wonder if – Based on what it took to sign that number one ranked recruiting class, if you didn't have some entitled kids walking in, I don't know that, but I've wondered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things
2: circulating around a And M, all the money they were giving linemen, all the things that you know. I just think there were a lot of distractions, and then you know, you lose. You, you talk about the five and seven record. You know, you also got to remember, Cam, if Cam Littles kicks a, a foot and a half to the left, that that record's probably enough to get Jimbo out of there. So, I mean, it's. Well, I, I just think there was a lot of distractions last year for them.
1: Everybody's paying their players now, guys. Yeah. Everybody is. I mean, and A and M's not the only one paying good players good money in our league. And um, so, I mean, I I, th- I think a lot of that's low hanging fruit. I think you look at that as an easy explanation for last year. Um, I would expect from a football perspective A&M to be a lot better this season I think you can sum it up when much is given much is expected (laughs) and expected a lot more for what they're paying their coach and what they're
2: I think players. that
1: was an unrealistic expectation to think a number one ranked recruiting class was going to lead to immediate success.
3: Well, the, the quarterback thing was the biggest issue. You just stressed. I mean, they had several guys go down or in the middle of games last year or whatever. And that's, again... that's. I'm not taking jump- up
1: for them. I just think they'll be better.
3: Well, and Tommy, you mentioned those distractions aren't going away. In fact, they've been amplified because now your head coach who just had his first losing season and the expectation has been again, pushed up even more. So you could argue that they're facing even more pressure than they did last year. Now they're older and they're considered considered to be more improved, but those aren't going away at
1: all. Well that's a. I mean you're right. And and I mean there's no question the pressure's been ramped up. I mean they know that. That's why Bobby Petrino was hired. He knows what's on the line. Jimbo's been uh, Jimbo's been around this game a long time. And I mean, he read the tea leaves pretty well. Yeah.
2: Live at SEC Media Days on Radio Row in Nashville. All of our coverage brought to you by Arbest Bank and by the Limbird Real Estate Group, now covering Fort Smith and Missouri in addition to Northwest Arkansas. Get a cash offer on your home in 72 hours. For all your real estate needs, go to LimbirdTeam.com. I think it's going to be interesting when the Razorbacks get here Wednesday. Alabama's at the same time, Chuck, same half day. Sometimes. Uh, you get lost in the shuffle when Nick saban's in the house.
1: Uh no doubt about it. I mean it's uh hey, it's a show there when these guys come walking in, especially the ones that are doing well. I can remember back in the day when Tennessee was doing well, Phil Fulmer would walk in and, you know, it was uh it was like the king of college football walked in. And it's this way now with Saban and someday it'll be this way with somebody else. That's just kind of how it goes. Now what I wanna know though is um, you guys got velvet ropes around you tell, tell us about radio rob i mean we're sitting here talking about tell us about where you are well it's Paint crushed the picture velvet for us first of all it's, it's crushed,
2: crushed velvet i mean okay. it's the purple right. old school theater you got ropes. a security
1: guy there they
2: um they they brought out yes. earlier some of these the newer ones that are just kind of the the nylon we sent them back said this will not do uh, crushed velvet will be the only thing we accept. We paid extra for the crushed velvet, and we want it. And we don't have one security guard. We have two, Chuck. Okay, one, well, four. I mean, that's
1: that's, the, that's what mean, the people want to know. They don't want to know what you think about A&M. They want to know what your surroundings are. Well, I'm you, looking up You guys up are living down.
2: large. I'm looking to my left. I'm looking to my right. And I believe Ty is the only one wearing his hat backwards here at that's Media big. Days. Oh, yep. that's big. The He's only one.
3: Only way to, only way to wear it. we got an unlimited supply of water and Dr. Pepper to our I went down there, there's no water in there how many station polos are worn right
1: now, how many station (laughs) polos are being worn right now, I don't don't mean by you guys, (laughs) I mean like look down there, how many station (laughs) issued shirts (laughs) are down there has anyone bought their own shirt at least Take 10. a poll. That's now. That's a poll right there. How many yeah. of the guys on Radio Row actually bought their own shirt? Zero. I'm going to say less than ten percent. <laughs> it's radio. We don't. We don't yeah. make enough money to buy our own clothes, Chuck. You know and that. I of just those, uh, well, that's that's what I want to know. Those are the burning questions.
2: Only the only the people on the SEC network paid for their own clothing.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll bet they didn't. They get a suit allowance. <laughs> I'll bet them. they didn't. I'll bet there's a clothing <laughs> allowance at some men's clothier that allows them to dress pretty well. Yeah,
3: they get sponsored by Buck Martin. Speaking of that, I was uh, working out last night and the only other person in there was Marty Smith. He was he was grinding. There was yeah, sure. party. And it was a Marty party. A Marty man. party, man.
2: Imagine Marty running around telling the only other person there was Ty Richardson, uh, you know. As, as he he he's telling the same story. As he should, yeah. man. I didn't as know as your name,
1: really. He
2: <laughs> <laughs> didn't you know your name. Marty and McGee, man. As only as he after he told it to him.
1: No, I, didn't. <laughs> I let times. it be. You let a man, yeah. when a
3: when man or, or a young lady is a little different, but when when a man's in the midst of a workout, you let him be. Now, if got the girl's you. cute, okay. you go up and talk to her. But he, Marty was locked in. He's He had called his beats Tim. on. Yeah. Called him <laughs>
1: <called> Tim <laughs> four times. <laughs> nice Tim's, to meet you,
3: Tim. Tim's better than Eric. At least the first letter, <laughs> the name's right. So that would work at this point. But the the, the setup here, Chuck, I mean, this is a brand-new hotel. It's in downtown. There's They've got some construction going on right here in nashville which well could it's be not a, just
2: construction they tore a bridge out <laughs> yeah
3: it could be an issue with coaches and other people trying to get in here i think the the time might be moved a little bit but it's a it's a really cool yeah. place i think, I police think escort ever going to
1: get yeah. in. cranes yeah. are just part of the skyline in nashville now yes every well, time i've been in nashville or driven by nashville there's a big crane downtown somewhere
2: the uh the person that gave me a lift here to the hotel this morning I was asking, is this the best big city in in the conference? know we're talking about Atlanta versus here. Yeah. There's really only two big cities. I mean, I guess you could throw Austin in there. That's it's coming. Uh, New Orleans. I can't didn't, say
3: that, huh? I can't say that here. Well, it, it will ways. Be, but
2: it, it, I think this is the best big city, Chuck, in the in the league. I, don't like I do not seen even a even a
1: conversation, honestly. I do too. I, I think that um, I think Nashville's a great venue for fans from all the schools. Uh, I think it's been a great spot for the basketball tournament. Now, Kentucky fans dominated in terms of the basketball tournament, but let's be honest: until Arkansas got good the last couple of years, hey, we've needed Kentucky to support that tournament. Yeah. Not sure to made it some of those years without the Kentucky people being there. But I think it's a great venue. I think they yeah. should do as much as they can there. What I what I really like
3: about being here in Nashville is when I go out and about. There's, I mean, you see fourteen, with the exception of maybe Vanderbilt. You see thirteen schools represented not just at sec media days but you always see different polos girls and sundresses or whatever that have their yeah. school logo on them and i again I, I think that's cool i like when i'm out and focusing on
1: the logo or the sundress
3: yeah something something the logoed parts, sundress the logoed yeah. sundress chuck yeah, and trust me there's plenty of them out yeah, I'm and about sure here there are I'm in july there are. Yeah. it's gonna be a lovely week the scenery here in addition to what y'all have been talking about is remarkable it's a great place, and Ty won't
2: talk to a one. Hey, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, we went to that's dinner last true. night, and there was a selection at dinner. Didn't talk to a one of Well, yeah,
3: so. we we're at, it was a work dinner. Again, yeah. you've got you your able station
2: to, polo on. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not a tool, Chuck. Come on, man. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I, wear just that stuff. I just wonder. I just got wondered. your
3: hat on backwards. You're, what are you talking about? Yeah, because this is how you're supposed to wear it. And you're the I only one in the building with your hat on backwards. At a professional event. Yeah, this this is an ESPN Arkansas polo. Tommy wouldn't let me wear Hawaiian shirts, Chuck. That's just I'll wear the Hawaiian shirts. Work on that. Hat during the well, break. You do no, that
1: after hours, Tommy goes not, to bed early. Ty. By yeah. the time he goes to bed, it's when you go out and start rolling. Well.
3: They got different uh, things each each night, and Tommy was acting like this. Not they are have us yeah. in Bridgestone. They've got us in uh, well, Nissan man. Stadium. They've got us in Lower Broadway, and Tommy's going
2: to be in bed by six. One of them, yeah, one of them lasts all the way to 830, Chuck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, uh, <laughs> I'm completely understanding there. Uh, <laughs> it's a different setup on that. Yeah. We, were ta-
3: we were also talking about the the big rides tickets. Turned into a
2: pumpkin by then.
3: Went on sale. Yeah. You
1: say a pumpkin
3: by yeah. then? Yeah. Because you're getting... Yeah, explain that reference to me. I'll, it's over my head. It's still Monday. I just, yeah. Well, I'm there's still a story
1: living. called Cinderella. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Apparently. <laughs> anyway. I didn't know. Like, uh, uh, we've, what we've always said is like in sunburn, I look like a pumpkin. I didn't know if that was the reference you're referring to. Usually because, when you
2: refer to a sunburn, it's a lobster. But anyway, that you too, were saying. there. That too. I interrupted your great tale here. You were telling. I don't me. remember. I you threw me off at whatever point. Again, we're getting
3: lost in all the the pizzazz here on our radio road. And the the what did you say? The the red velvet and all the other crushed stuff that we've got velvet. on. Yeah. yeah, the crushed velvet yeah. and everything that we've got on. I here. just
1: wanted to make sure you guys were being taken care of. No, come well, on. Well, they recognize the stars we are. High sure.
3: class, Chuck. Now, if you were here, we'd get the full frontal display and everything. But uh, well, I think we'll, that goes we'll, without saying. We'll settle. Uh, we'll settle for the. Uh, this the solid rep the solid stuff that we've gotten here to this point again brian kelly jimbo fisher and eli drinkowitz along with greg sankey will be up later today now chuck i ranked them i want to hear what brian kelly has to say first followed by jimbo drink I, as long as he doesn't take a shot at arkansas i don't really care but when the coaches what, what would you rank them one to three who you're most intrigued by today
1: Oh, you know, I, I think all of them face different situations. You talked about LSU. LSU better win their first game. You know, they play Florida State yep. in, uh, I guess it's Orlando, and they got beaten that game last year. Uh, they better win that game. Uh, that's that's Look, I think LSU's got a chance to be good, but I think a lot of the teams in the SEC have a chance to be good. I, I would say probably on day one, if you ask me who I'm most intrigued by, probably Jimbo Fisher. Uh, you know, because of the situation down there. I mean, guys, he's he's hired an ex-SEC head coach to be his offensive coordinator. And I can tell you that SEC head coach ran his program with an iron hand. There was one voice and one voice only. And now I know these are grown men, and I know their careers in a sense. What Bobby Petrino would like to do before he retires and what Jimbo Fisher would like to do again. I know their careers are inextricably tied to one another right now. And I know a little bit about both of them. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be an argument or two. But But just because there is doesn't mean they won't be good. If you're not arguing some, it doesn't matter to you. In the game of football, if you don't have coaches arguing, it means it's, it doesn't mean enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, there'll be arguments because both these guys want to win. But if you ask me, again, to go back to your question, uh, it's it's that dynamic. If there's anything that comes out of that on day one at this, it's that dynamic that will probably interest me the most. Because yeah. you
2: only argue about things that are important unless you're married and then that's a whole that's a whole other subject
0: it's important and a whole to somebody it might not be stuff. important
1: to you but it's important to somebody
0: <laughs> call or text the McClarty daniel hotline at 877-377-6963 mclarty daniel
5: a vehicle for every lifestyle when you're looking for a new car you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas.
3: your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit
0: bet online where the game starts you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast bud light proud sponsor of arkansas athletics
3: all right, we're live here again from Radio Row at SCC Media Days. Thanks to Arvest Bank and the Lindbergh Real Estate Group, and uh, I'd like to welcome in Olin Buchanan, techsax.com. dot it's good to see you as always, man. Uh, Jimbo Fisher up today. I'm sure that you've already, you guys have already asked him about Bobby Petrino and whatnot. What, what does that dynamic look like as far? Because I think a, a lot of our listeners want to know what that looks like in College Station. I have no
4: idea because uh, you know Jimbo Fisher does not open practices uh and now they you know did have the spring game, but everything was very vanilla mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't made Bobby available yet he makes his uh he, he makes his offensive defensive coordinator available one day a year and it's sometime in August uh, so um you know we hear things oh yeah it, it, it's fine and that that Bobby's is in control of the offense we hear those things, but we don't really get the you know I've learned. Don't believe anything until you see it with your own eyes. So uh, it's 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 as much a wait and see situation for us as it is for everybody else.
2: What are the important things that Bobby Petrino accomplishes this year? Obviously, it's a five and seven team that you're trying to you know t- to rescue from last year and get this offense on the roll. What, what are the priorities you think with that offense? Well,
4: <laughs> first of all, getting in the end zone, right? Right. Five and seven, like you said. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, It's oversimplifying it, right? But if they add one touchdown a game more, you know, they're 10-2. and So find that touchdown. (laughs) You know, that's... uh, I think Texas A&M's offense was very stagnant, obviously, last year, and that was just shocking considering uh, some of the talent they had out there, Devon A. Chain, you know, for instance. Um, But it was very predictable. And I think that uh, they're looking for Bobby to come in and you know, add some new wrinkles, yeah. add some uh, deception and things like that. What's well, heck, y'all, y'all are more familiar with him than yeah than we are. So, uh, you know, y'all know what he can do.
2: And hopefully some of the good things he did at Arkansas, he can bring to the College Station. Yeah, What's the mood now in in College Station about the expansion? And, you know, there was a, a lot said and a lot made of not wanting Texas, not wanting OU in the league, primarily Texas. What What is the mood amongst the fan base and amongst the administration about this about this recent round of expansion in the league,
4: uh, you know, ready for it. Um, it's okay, you know. Look, there was a, quote gentleman's agreement between Mike Slive and you know Texas A&M officials that uh, A&M would be the only the only school in Texas in the SEC. All right. Well, Mike Slive, for all the things he's great things he did for the SEC, you know, he, he's gone, and those and, and that agreement. Um, Greg Sankey was not holding to to. Uh, obliged to honor that agreement that's fine and then everybody sees how much money supposedly can be made uh by adding those two so we get it and uh, uh so but so yeah there was some uh feeling that they'd rather not have anybody else in texas and but now they're going to be in so okay then you say all right uh let them come on in and you know work to beat their ass That's that's one way to
3: look at it. Owen, I want to ask you about A&M coming in the league in 2012. Do you think that's hurt Arkansas the last decade? We've seen it on the field. Do you think it's hurt in recruiting and overall in the the conference standing, the Aggies joining the SEC, and can we see something similar with Texas and Oklahoma entering the league as well?
4: That's a really good question. I think, um, you know, I think – I think Arkansas's bigger problem is not A&M being in the league, and you know, because you're. I think you're still recruiting against A&M anyway, even before A&M joined. Quite, you know, I quite frankly, I don't want to act like an expert on Arkansas football. I'm not, but it just seems to me, from an outsider, Arkansas's issues with Arkansas with Britt, You know, hiring Brett Bielema, money comes in and and disrespects the, the Texas high school coaches right away mm-hmm. and says the way you play football is not good enough. We're not gonna and so, right? Remember that and the yeah. that th- oh, thing with yeah. Cliff Kingsbury? I I think that hurt Arkansas. I think then uh, was it Chad Morris next? Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. that hurt Arkansas. Now you got a coach that is uh, not only competent but smart and 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 people like him and and it seems to me from the outside looking in that they're already recruiting better. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Arkansas always recruiting against Texas. They're always recruiting against Oklahoma, no, no matter what the conference is. And yeah, you had that carrot that to say, "Hey, you know, you can play in the SEC," and, mm-hmm. and so now they have that, and, and that's legitimate. Yeah. But just from from the outside looking in, it seems to me that the Arkansas issues less about that and more about who they had previously as coaches. Kyle Field just got renovations just like Donald W. Reynolds' Razorback
3: Stadium did. The final neutral site game was going to happen in 2024 in Jerry World. Does A&M have any like aspirations of play neutral site game, or do you think Ross Bjork and Jimbo will be at home or away from here on out? Because that's been a big discussion for, for Arkansas fans, that there's an appetite to play neutral site games in
4: future schedules. Just from the conversations I've had with them, um, are we, you know, if we're talking exclusively Arkansas, no, they, they, they're ready to get back on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that they'll rule out any of those neutral site games, but from From the conversations I've had, especially with Ross, uh, is they prefer the games that they're going to be playing. They they prefer to play on campus. Mm -hmm. Like they got Notre Dame coming up next year on the campus. They're they're not going to play in Chicago. They're going to play in South Bend. Uh, I think Arizona State's coming up. I don't know where they're going to play that, but I think for the, I would assume in Tempe. Um, So, yeah, with my discussions, they would prefer to play on campus. And I look forward to that. Uh, uh, I'd much rather. I mean, the trip going up to Dallas is a lot easier for us, but I just think college football is better when you're playing in the, in the college stadiums.
2: We're live in, on Radio Row in Nashville, SEC Media Days, visiting with Olin Buchanan with TexHags.com. You know, I think a lot of people are glossing over the fact that there's a lot of returning starters coming back for A&M, um, I think 10 on both sides of the ball. There's a lot to build. I know it's a returning starters from a 5-17, and seven team, but there's a lot of experience coming back. Highly recruited class. How does that play in this year to, to kind of where things are positioning early for A and
4: M? Well, I think that's a reason to have some optimism, right? And I think at Texas A and M, you got to learn to have cautious optimism. Now they do. They were five and seven, and uh, but they are also very youthful. Now that's that can't be the uh, excuse or the only explanation because I don't care how youthful you are, you shouldn't lose to Appalachian State. Um, but that said. You know, there were game. I think it was the Auburn game. They started six, maybe seven, true or redshirt freshmen just on offense. Uh, And the best thing about freshmen, of course, they become sophomores, especially in the SEC. When you're going against, you got 18 year old guys. I don't care how how good they are. Now they're in the SEC, going against grown men who, by the way, were also highly recruited. So I think that uh, the fact that they were so young last year and those young guys got experience. Um, and and having a year of physical growth and mental growth uh, gives you a reason to have to, to have some, again, cautious optimism that you could come in and maybe do the Auburn 2012 to 2013 uh, rebound or TCU last yeah. year or Michigan from 2020 to
2: 2021. Like, obviously, that's what they're hoping. Yeah. How pivotal is that Miami game? You're going to Coral Gables, second game of the year. What? what are people thinking about that game down there well i i mean it, um obviously
4: it's a you know every game's important when you're coming off five separate uh and, and have greater aspirations but i think the i think the biggest game on the schedule as far as knowing where your uh, season may go is going to be arkansas um SEC game yeah i know you won last year and it didn't it didn't uh, really have as big an impact on on your season as you did. But you beat Miami last year, too. So it's important. Um, You sure don't want to lose to an ACC team, even on the road. But – I think when you start looking at the game, say, hey, man, this is the game that's vital. I think it really starts with Arkansas and that. I think the Arkansas game may set the tone for the way the season goes for and
3: Oh, and before we we'll let you go, outside looking in, Jimbo's seat's hot. Is it hot in College Station?
4: Uh, yeah, it's warm and it'll get hot uh, if they don't play well early. And the the more they struggle, the hotter it's going to get. Till it's going to be an electric chair in uh, in November if uh, if they're not if they're not significantly better. Look, the 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 last guy, his predecessor, got fired for averaging eight wins a year over six years. Mm-hmm. And they're averaging after last year about eight wins a year, and and paying him more to do it. And paying him more to do it, and uh, you know A and M's always next year's team. I I. I uh, You know, I always say. I mean, people talk about, "Hey, 2024 looks good." You haven't even played 2023 yet. It's time, I think, for A&M to, as a program, to to start. You know, it can't look to next year anymore. It's got to be this year. And if you can't get it done this year, you need to find somebody that can start getting it done.
3: Owen, we'll leave it there again. Owen Buchanan, Texags.com, kind enough to join us here on Radio Row. Owen, appreciate the time this
4: morning. Glad to be here.
3: All right, as we bring uh, Chuck back into the conversation, Chuck, he kind of a- alluded to it. I hadn't really got a chance to talk with Bobby Petrino just yet, but um, pointed the fact that Arkansas fans have a good idea what that offense looks like. And um, I don't know if you'll necessarily see that type of explosiveness in year one, but we definitely did see it in Fayetteville when he got when he started getting things rolling here.
1: Well, and the thing that he had happened in Fayetteville was they, um, you know, they they got in one of his kind of quarterbacks and you know that's uh, that's when they had their most success and you know I'll be anxious to see how their quarterback develops uh how Petrino develops him that's going to determine a lot of what their offense can do uh, Bobby Petrino can develop quarterbacks I mean he's going to have an effect on that team and I know that you know they may not have heard from Jimbo a lot about this and I thought it was funny that Petrino only <laughs> asked to meet with the media once a year I had to laugh when he said that um, they need each other they need each other and they're grown men and their careers are on the line so I think it'll work out I think all this stuff will be discussed a lot and you know Petrino will give them you know give them a whole bunch of nothing on the one time that he <laughs> has to talk to the media and uh, I'd love to be there to watch that. Yeah. And that's about one more time that he'd like to meet with the media. Probably. You know, it was funny, though. When Petrino was here, I was thinking about this. You know, he made his coordinators meet with the media every week. He would, he would speak, and then the coordinators would speak. And I know for our pregame show, he insisted that the coordinators have a segment. I always wondered, you know, is he giving these guys credit or is he setting them up for blame? I don't know. You know, when Willie Robinson would be on there, man, you knew everybody that was listening was thinking, man, it sure would be nice if we could stop someone. So I think it's funny. I think it's funny that he only has to do it once.
2: Yeah. And uh, I, I think I thought another thing Olin said that was very interesting is, the season may pivot or hinge on that Arkansas game. Um, I, I thought
1: that was Good. that was an interesting take. You know, for them, I'm not. You know, I, I'm not as familiar with their schedule as I am with ours. I know from our perspective, we go to Baton Rouge the week before. You know, we play our conference yeah. opener in Baton Rouge in Death Valley. Mm-hmm. Might just be a night game. Who knows? Yeah. So I And mean, M plays uh, Auburn the week before. All right, so. and, and look, that's a big game. They're all big games. Yeah. But I know from our perspective. You know, we are in the midst there of a stretch where we don't play in state for four weeks. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it's a big game for them. It'll be a big game for us. If we're 1-0 and after Baton Rouge, it'll be a huge game. If we're 0-1, it'll be one of those games we look at, and Ty will be telling us it's a must-win game. Well, you look at it, and
2: this four-game stretch, I don't think compares to Arkansas's. <laughs> vaunted stretch we've talked about but auburn arkansas alabama and then at tennessee all in a row that's that's not an easy stretch to navigate either
1: no everybody's got it tough man but everyone's going to have somewhere everybody's got it tough but you know uh, again jimbo command a lot of attention today his seat is hot i'm sure and i expect him to be better we're going to get into our hog
3: update coming up in just a bit. Again, we're live from Radio Row, uh, Chuck. I, I could, I could conceivably see you as a karaoke man back in the day. I don't know if you do that necessarily now, but do you have a song suggestion for me on Wednesday when we go karaoke? Well, you're in it's Nashville. The big Wednesday I mean, night. You
1: know, it's got to be a country song. I mean, you're Kay. in Nashville.
3: Something George Strait, or is there I another suggestion? Can't go wrong with that. You know, you I've, got I've got a picture.
1: I've got a picture. Of uh, Quinn and Z and I oh, at gosh. a bar in Nashville at the SEC tournament the night before the pandemic hit we had no earthly idea hmm. how the world was going to change there was a band playing we were talking about who was going to be the first one up there yeah. it, well, I mean we were you know we were having the time of our lives so and then the I music would stopped. suggest <laughs> yeah and then the music stopped that's right <laughs> so and, you get a picture, uh, is what you're saying so what I'm saying is Ty find you one of those places where the bands playing and You know, get up there on stage and let her rip.
3: Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try on your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Litterock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild
2: Wings. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. Gopascal.com
3: get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
1: Core Jewelry!
0: You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics.
3: All right, live from Radio Row at SEC Media Day, it's Time to get into your hog update. A big woo-pick suey for Sam Pittman this weekend. Two top 100 kids commit. Uh, and Braylon Russell and Selman Bridges, both four star players. You've now got nine four stars in this upcoming 2024 class. Braylon is an in state running back for Benton. Uh, Selman is a top 50 kid in texas not just in texas but overall in the united states so guys big recruiting weekend for arkansas football i know that sam Pittman will be happy but again
2: these are just commits not signees to this point point. Yeah, and now you got to fight to keep them because everybody and everybody that's on him uh, they're not giving up uh, they're not going to go quietly into the night either so got to fight to keep
1: these kids throughout the season that means you need to have a good season too yep I point. mean, uh, you know, if you have a bad season, your recruiting class won't look the same at the end of the year nope. as it did at the start. So, I mean, you need to do well on the field. We saw some of those recruits
3: that were initially committed for Chad Morris in, in year two kind of slowly, slowly fade away because of the, the back-to-back two intense season. So, yeah, on the field, stuff definitely impacts guys off the field as well. Some baseball news this morning. Zach Morris looks like he's entering his final season for another school, according to D1 Baseball, he's entered the transfer portal. So you did get the announcement from Ben McLaughlin and Will McIntyre last week, but it looks like the uh, the Cabot native Chuck is going to be playing baseball elsewhere this next season.
1: He may need a change of scenery. I'm sure he feels like he does. He had a tough year. I mean, he had a really tough year after a good year before, and um, you know, he's at the age where he's basically got one more year to prove himself or this is going to be it uh he might get a shot but if he doesn't have a good year collegiately this next year it's it's probably getting toward the end of the line for him and so i am sure he feels like he needs a change of scenery and and frankly um it it may very well be the case and i wish him well
3: what do you think about you and got a chance to speak to this what did you think about mcintyre and mclaughlin announcing they're coming back
1: well, I would expect that. Uh, I, would, I'd, I didn't expect anything different. Um, McIntyre's really developed since he got here, but he's not done developing. He's a big kid. I mean, McIntyre's a big kid. And he has really, you know, he went from being a guy that I, I can remember when he kind of blossomed, you know, um, in fact i was I was talking to his dad. I was telling the story. I was talking to his dad. I went to see the games at Auburn a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and his dad talked about you know will came in out of the bullpen, and nobody really knew who he was and you know just the thrill you know i can 't believe my son 's going to pitch for the razorbacks well now he 's a mainstay, and it shows you how much he 's improved in a short amount of time and he needs to continue to develop and I think he will at arkansas and McLaughlin very much is in the developmental stage right now. I wondered if they'd pitch him. Dave said probably not. Um, And when you watch him hit, he's still very much in the developmental phase. And um, This is the best place for both those guys, and I think they know that.
3: Last thing I uh, do want to mention uh, on Saturday night when Snoop Dogg was at the AMP, he wore a Ryan Mallet jersey as a tribute. Thought that was uh, pretty cool. I had some, fans at the, uh, had some friends at the concert, guys, and they said that was one of the, just the coolest moments just seeing that. And then him also putting that tribute post out there as well. There's an old picture of Ryan and Snoop back when he came to Fayetteville today, and they kind of, again, redoing that of sorts. So I thought that was a cool gesture on his part.
1: It was a nice touch. It really was.
3: Yeah. Right, that's going to do it for your Hog Update this morning. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You
0: don't have to put up with any malarkey call. eight 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 Sparky.
3: All right, we're going to talk with Matt Muskoda coming up. ESPN 104.5 Baton Rouge. LSU on the ticker today. Brian Kelly will be the first coach that we get a chance to hear from later on. Guys, LSU – didn't start their season like they wanted to against Florida State, and even kind of ended their season kind of awkwardly, losing to Texas A&M, but still getting to the SEC championship game. He's bringing along Jaden Daniels who along with KJ. Will probably be one and two depending on the order for the All SEC quarterbacks. What do you hear? Want to hear from Brian Kelly? What, what, what is intriguing to you about LSU again? Is Arkansas's first matchup? in the sec this
2: fall i want to hear that southern accent again i mean we're in nashville i want to hear some i want to hear that country twang that's what i want to hear from him
1: absolutely that's a good one
2: (laughs) so that's 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 first and foremost family family, that's what i want to hear about today
3: (laughs) is do do people change their do politicians or college football coaches try to conform more who tries to conform more I think it might be college football coaches honestly you better
1: have a little bit of a little bit of both in you if you're going to do well in politics or coaching
2: <laughs> yeah got to sell it a little bit but yeah I mean there I don't know how many there's a few politicians Tuberville could make it in coaching but there ain't many that can make it in coaching yeah. there's probably more coaches that can can make it in politics
1: well, I'm sure all the politicians
2: think they could coach well if not, they could pass a law to, to to change the rules so that they could, one or the other. Which
3: coach outside of Pittman would you want to actually, you know, grab a beer with? Who, who would you be intrigued by actually talking with this week that doesn't bore you to tears? Clark Lee?
2: Was that you the answer you are looking at? Clark Lee.
3: <laughs> I, I guarantee you, and it's funny you mention him. How many members, know all the local spots, How right? many members of our audience know who Clark Lee is?
2: <laughs> Less than 20%? Uh, I, I was, if that. That was a joke, by the way, is an answer. I don't think Drinkowitz would be on the – although he's got the perfect drinking name, right? Uh, so. Well, if you're in
3: Alma, maybe. Maybe you want to have a beer with Springdale, him. Uh,
2: Springdale. So. Drink, uh, but Clark I Lee. did listen to a Eli Drinkowitz podcast that he was on a coach's podcast on the flight over yesterday. He's got an interesting backstory that, uh, you know, if he – care about it at all that you know he's he's he does have an interesting path to where he's gotten uh in columbia
1: it's remarkable when you look at college football now the landscape and how many of these guys you know started as as high school coaches i mean we've had them other schools have had them um you know there was a time when you know that just didn't happen you know college administrators and athletic directors and coaches I'm not saying they didn't feel like these guys were worthy, necessarily. It was just two different worlds, and they were not intertwined. Um, Now, if you're a really successful high school coach, there's a pretty good chance if you want one, you can get a college job of some sort. I mean, we've had great coaches in our state stop coaching to go to work for colleges when they're not actually on the field coaches. Yep. So um, it's 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 interesting to me how that dynamic has changed over the last fifteen to twenty years because I can tell you when I started, uh, you know, being around this stuff, and I, you know, I can I can well, tell you that just didn't happen. Eli's story uh, when I was listening to him tell it yesterday, you
2: know, he started off he had some analyst role some fancy title but his job was to be there before Gus Malzon arrived to make sure the coffee was ready to get his breakfast to get his lunch and not to leave till Gus left that was well, his and, job and, and here's but it the led thing. to a job that
1: led to where he's at now well and here's the thing a lot of these guys have been like high school head coaches they've yeah. been the boss and their job now is to get there before the head coach and make sure all the coffee's yeah. set up yeah he's, you know he's that's that's that's, that's what these guys do to get into it now
3: Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zounds the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Now, Matt, you were telling us before you came on that the last time you saw... Chuck was two years ago in Baton Rouge. Now, he covered that 20-plus people tab at Rufino's that night, right? He paid for everyone? That's, that sounds like Chuck. Was, right? was,
5: uh, was that his way of, like, uh, fattening the calf before the slaughter? <laughs> the, slaughter for the, 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 next, the next day wasn't so great for the good guys. These guys know I
1: didn't pick up the tab. They no. know I did not pick up the no. tab. We wouldn't have eaten that well. We wouldn't have been at Rufino's. had no. I been buying. Man, I love going to Rufino's. now. I was so sorry to 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 hear the Ruffin pass.
5: Yeah, Ruffin was... uh, He was one of a kind, man. He he loved the Tigers, but he loved college football and he loved the SEC and took a tremendous... For those that don't know, I mean, Ruffin played at LSU in in the 80s and just took so much pride in, in the league and being a college football player and having so many of those relationships, such a relationship guy. And that's why... You know, when Chuck and the guys, or anybody from out, around the conference, or you know, a lot of the ESPN guys, Herb Street, they always had that relationship. Whenever they come in town, that's that's the spots where everybody goes. Uh, and, and Ruffin was a big part of that. We miss him.
3: Where do you go when you come to Fayetteville? I know you've got pre and post game obligations, but yeah. where do
5: you go in your town? Uh, I have only been to LSU Arkansas games in Little Rock. Wow. Okay. I've never been to Reynolds Razorback Stadium. One of the. Uh, well, if you include Missouri one of two don't waste your time going there one of two oh, I've been to all of them in the league except those two stadiums so I've been, to, I've been to Little Rock more times than I can count but have not made it up to up to Northwest Arkansas for a game how about that? We gotta do it. At some right, time, we gotta man. fix that. You gotta do it. won't well, we'll be
2: this year because yeah. <laughs> the Hogs are coming early right. to Baton Rouge. I mean that—that's a, a change in the schedule. We were talking about that. You know, normally Arkansas gets LSU in a tender moment after an Alabama game. This year, Arkansas is going to get kind of get getting yeah. full brunt right in the crosshairs.
5: I think, you know, I, I um, I know I've had this conversation plenty over the years, uh, and especially whenever the. The Friday after Thanksgiving game got moved. And I know that didn't sit well with Arkansas fans. I think, you know, from the time that the Hawks came into the league, that was something that was really embraced playing that game. You yep. know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've had that conversation no. enough. And and I think LSU fans in the collective program sort of resented being in that time slot. But there, and then the week after Alabama was always a spot that just where it fell on the schedule was going to benefit Arkansas. You were going to get LSU not at their best after they play Alabama for it's just for better or worse that Alabama game for this LSU program for the, the players the coaches the fans the everybody it's ever since Nick has been there it's just the biggest it's the one everybody looks at first on the schedule yeah. and you're always going to get LSU on a, on a lull the week after the fact that this game's in September now I think is um, I think it, it. there is no excuse it completely eliminates that I, I think you get a, a healthier fresher f- more focused team from LSU
3: do we see more offense this year? Last three games have been decided by three yeah. points, and they've been gross. I mean, they've he hadn't, he hadn't surpassed, I think, 25 in, in any of them. Jay Daniels and KJ are probably going to be first and second team all SEC, depending on where you rank them. Yeah. Do they get going in this
5: game in week four? I think so. But you know what else, Ty? Last year – Last year was gross because of the turnovers. Bo- both teams had scoring opportunities up and down the field. Um, I remember uh, Arkansas had a couple, wasn't it a couple of fourth downs that, that they, they got stopped Man. into the red zone. I mean, it was just, it was a weird, it was such a weird game. Harold Perkins took hey, over. Yeah. It was, just, you, oh. know, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, were we were going to to get through this without bringing uh, him up. Uh, how could, but how could you not? Oh. You know, I mean, it was that was a one-man wrecking crew i mean mm. you just don't see many games where one defensive player a takes over. yeah th- it takes over in this like league that. yeah i mean I, I i feel like we saw maybe tyron matthew do it at times mm-hmm. um god if y'all do y'all remember the that big 12 this is random you remember the big 12 championship game with arc with um with nebraska and texas in 09 when and oh. sue had like six seven sacks nine yeah, yeah, yeah that, like that, it was like that um but man you know Perkins Perkins was was special obviously last year but to answer your question I, I do I, I think you're going to and especially guys in a league where this may be the worst year for quarterbacks in the SEC since yeah. since 2014-15 yeah. maybe and outside of KJ and Jaden what are we talking about Spencer Rattler I mean who's who what do we really know about Joe Milton I, I mean I think you said it right Ty I mean it's, it's K.J. and it's Jaden. I mean, those are the two best quarterbacks in the league.
2: You know, in last year's game, it was so miserably, brutally cold. I mean, LSU gutted it out and found a way to win that. But, but I think that speaks a little bit to the toughness that Kelly's instilling in that program. I mean, they just had to take that game last year. And like you said, it's three-point game, low scoring. But that was not an easy one for whoever came out the victor.
5: If I think the entire flow of that game would have been different if K.J. had played. I I think it's... I don't know that the the result necessarily would have been different, but I I feel like LSU knew, and especially after the early turnovers, that they could kind of just... You know, like the big brother, put your hand on the little brother's head and they're swinging at you. They would just never let him get close. It was just a... It was... I think LSU played a defensive game. I don't mean like the defensive side of the ball. I just mean they they didn't need to be super aggressive because that was what was going to cost them the game. And then, of course, Arkansas made the quarterback switch late in the game and kind of got some things going offensively. But... um, I'd, I'd really feel like if KJ had played, we would have just seen a completely different game up there that day.
1: Hey, Matt, this Chuck again. You, you, you said something there that I thought was interesting. You, you said LSU didn't feel like they had to be aggressive in that game, and you're exactly right. How aggressive can they be with Daniels now? And I'm not just talking about, you know, turning him loose. I, I'm talking about throwing the ball downfield, doing some things that perhaps would expand his game because i think arkansas people look at kj much uh, uh, you know much of a similar fashion i just wonder where you think he is in that regard
5: yeah I, you know chuck i think we saw that progression it, obviously didn't see it in the arkansas game last year but i think we did see that progression from Jaden as the season went along and if there was lsu played tennessee in baton rouge earlier in the year and and there was a moment that lsu fans will remember but uh, there was a it was a play where Tennessee had jumped off sides and LSU had a, a single coverage outside route with a receiver just I think it was Jeray Jenkins just sprinting down the field and I mean it's a free play and and Jaden didn't throw the ball he just threw it away and he's coming to the sideline and Brian Kelly is just I, the cameras caught him just reaming like you could hear him say throw the exploded ball and um and then you know uh, then a week later, they're down in Gainesville. Same thing happens. And he lets it rip and he just threw a jump ball as Ray Jenkins caught and scored a touchdown. I, I think we saw that sort of progression with Jaden. And one thing that that I, I, I know this might be in, in a vacuum in the moment is tough to understand. but like, But when you can pull back and look at the 10,000-foot view, it makes sense. Jaden Daniels was sort of building the bridge as he crossed it last year. He he didn't know any of these players. It, you know, the season was a, was a progression and a development. And, and I think the thing that you just couldn't do last year if you were Jaden is, is turn the ball over and lose because you threw three picks in a game. So it was, I think it was safer to just eat it, take the sack, throw the ball away instead of force the ball into coverage. That's going to lose you a game. And LSU won a lot of close games because of it. But I do think we saw more of that progression as the season goes along. I'd expect it this year too. So what did the Florida State game do to maybe
2: adjust things or set a different tone after the way that turned out and what will that game mean this year for LSU?
5: Well I I think well last year it was a reality check uh, for everybody because I don't think there are many LSU fans thinking that in New Orleans LSU was going to lose that game, and they played about as badly as you could play in a game. They muffed two punts inside their own ten-yard line and missed missed a PAT. I mean, it was it was it was an ugly game. Um, but this year, whew, it, it, it is rightfully the centerpiece game of the opening weekend. I don't know if y'all have looked at the slate of the opening weekend. It's 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 a top ten matchup. It's yeah. going to be the marquee game, the standalone on that Sunday. But but in in a very literal sense, if you're LSU if you lose that game, you have no margin for error because people are talking about can this team make a make the playoff and make a run? Well, if you lose that game, now you, there's never been a two-loss team make the playoff. So you lose that game, you have no margin for error. You cannot lose again. So I think everyone is is squarely focusing on that game with that as the intention to say, no, no, you've got whatever the score may be, however it may go, like you've got to leave Orlando with a win. Mm-hmm.
3: I want to talk to about 2024 for a sec. When we were watching the selection show, I was surprised that LSU-Arkansas was included in the list of rivalry games that they mentioned? Because I don't feel like you mentioned LSU fans don't seem to care about that game as much. Were you surprised to see that game kind of make that list and the SEC make that a priority for 2024? No, I can't say that I was surprised
5: to see it. I, I think it, it's more how the league prioritized, you know, how the, the schedule was going to play out. I, I, my guess is the way they did this was they they went with the, the musts, right? You start with your schedule grid, and you okay? what games are absolutely being played? And so you know the Iron Bowl is going to be played. You know Florida, Georgia is going to be played, and mm-hmm. Bama, Tennessee. You, you all know the games. So they started with that, and then said, so, okay, how else can we fill in the schedule to make it equitable for everyone? And so, you know, for LSU, for example, LSU's not going to play Mississippi State. That's LSU's oldest, rival. Right? It's the team they played the most um, in the history of the program. So LSU doesn't play state, but they did keep the Arkansas game. So maybe that's a product of state having other games that they have to keep or maybe I, I i don't know exactly how they set put up the grid nothing really I, I think with it surprised me it it would have surprised me if lsu uh lsu not gonna play auburn as well that's i mean that's my favorite auburn game with yeah. lsu but it,
2: so so if lsu if, if texas and texas a&m play the final game of the year who right. does lsu yeah, want, question who does lsu want to play the last game of the year great question um
5: there it's so it's so strange because it's like a, it's a one to have your cake and eat it too type thing where I, because the, especially with the context of the arkansas game that was always lsu's game at the end of the season mm-hmm. and lsu fans didn't want to play it but i don't think it was necessarily they didn't want to play that game then it was the friday they didn't want to play it on the friday at 1 30 um if it comes back around to where lsu and arkansas play in the final weekend i think that's fine i think the a Uh, series with LSU has sort of very naturally developed a lot of uh, tendencies that rivalries have. You know, you have Mm -hmm. the seven overtime game, and there's a lot of animosity between the fan bases. It's been competitive the past few years. So um, I think that would be fine. But the problem with LSU is they don't have a natural rival. They don't. Mm -hmm. There's no geographic rival. There is no um, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama, even a non-conference like Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville. LSU doesn't have it. If you ask LSU fans who their biggest rival is, it's going to depend on how old that fan is. My grandfather will tell you Ole Miss. Yeah. My dad will tell you Alabama. Same I love the here. Auburn game. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. it really just kind of depends. So I don't know what they're going to do.
3: You, we kind of made reference to the, the Jane Daniels KJ matchup, which we all get to see. Didn't get it last year because of the, the injury to KJ Jefferson. 2015, Eno's his first year. They went down to Baton Rouge and thoroughly yeah. had a great game plan for that game. Golly. They, LSU has to play Rodgers the week before in Starkville and then has to match up against K.J. Jefferson. What, what, what kind of game plan does that take for going up against maybe the two best quarterbacks, two of the best quarterbacks in the SEC West and the different preparations back-to-back weeks?
5: So you're talking about for the, like for LSU's defense against mm-hmm. K.J.? Trying to deal that with K.J. Um, you know, I think, when I think of K.J. Jefferson, and you, you all have seen him much more than I have, but the... The differentiator for him is he is so big and such a physical runner. It's it's sort of Tebow-esque. You just always think that this guy, if he needs three yards, is going to get four if he has to tuck it and run. So where LSU was deficient a year ago was in their front seven. They just didn't have numbers. After Mason Smith got hurt, guys, this, this blows people away when I say this. LSU rotated three defensive tackles last year. Three. All year. Three. Low. I mean, Makai Wingo, who's going to be here today, played 90... 98% of the defensive snaps. This guy never came off the field. It was incredible. Um, where LSU went and got went ham on the portal, they added four interior defensive tackles. They're getting Mason Smith healthy again, and they've recruited well at that position. So I think it starts there. I, I think anybody, if you're going to beat Arkansas, if you're going to limit K.J. Jefferson, you have to say, I'm not going to let you run and beat me. I'm going to make you throw the ball. And maybe he can, and maybe he will. I'm sure he will for a lot of games. He's really good you just can't let that guy sit there and continue to rip off eight 10 12 yard runs and just beat you that way so that's where i think it's got to start for lsu that day
2: well, let's get you out of here on this one what are you expecting to hear from brian kelly today
5: I, you know i think brian is has been very adept at not putting himself in a bad position I mean, he's a veteran co- coach obviously um I, I expect he's going to get asked a lot about the comments he made that were published a couple of weeks ago about his team needing needing another year to be ready for, for national championship contention. He's going to have to answer that question a lot today because, guys, I don't know if you agree with it. I don't know if how many people think this way. This is a, a team that's going to be preseason top 10, maybe top five. Uh, they're probably going to be picked. I don't know. Do you, are you guys going to pick Bama or LSU to LSU. win the West? LSU. Uh, they're probably going to leave here picked to win the West. We always get that wrong, so they probably won't. But... It's just a completely different different year this year because of expectation.
3: Change mm-hmm. it up. Well, Matt, we appreciate it. Again, Matt to ESPN 104.5, Baton Rouge. Tom, if you want to blame someone for me working for you, it's actually him. <laughs> I, years ago, he told me. So you're the guy. <laughs> uh, I was in the midst of deciding if I was going to take the job or not, and I actually talked with him amongst others. And the best piece of advice he ever gave me is work for good management. Still working on that. We're still working on that. but uh, We can fix yeah, that. Yeah. We can,
2: <laughs> we can change that. So, Matt, we appreciate your time, man. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. Matt, thank you as always. You, uh, great stuff there. Matt Moscona uh, giving us some insight on LSU this morning. Chuck, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's happening here on Radio Row, and I know a lot of people are, are making the move to Nashville. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't mind being in Nashville for a nope. little while. That'd be a nice place to go. There's some place. nice condos downtown. You need to look into that, Ty. Well, the good thing is, Chuck, this week don't really need a condo
3: if I want to go on a date or something. Here, we could just go to the the top. You need I need to take you to the bar upstairs at the the top here? floor on the 25th floor. Oh, it's in. got a great view of the city. It's it's unbelievable. So there's uh there's again plenty to do this week. Out of Deciding between four karaoke spots (laughs) this week. Trying to narrow it down, Chuck. Ty, you need
1: to go to Tootsie's. I'm sure you've been to Tootsie's. If you've not been to Tootsie's Blue Orchid Lounge, it's a historic music venue, bar, whatever you want to call it. They're on Music Row. It's hosted Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock's wedding, among other things. It's where Hank Williams, Jr., Used to go between sets at the, or Hank Williams Sr. used to go between sets at the old Ryman Theater. So uh, it's a lot of history there, Ty. You need to go.
3: Tootsie's a good spot, man. That will uh, definitely be... Do they do just... karaoke
1: there? Do they do karaoke at Tootsie? I know. They, they, they're they respectable,
2: so they don't let professionals so. up on the stage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See,
1: all right.
2: Here's the concern is, is, is one of these talent scouts may hear him on karaoke night. He, he'll be stolen away with all the, the vocal talent I'm sure he will I don't know put on display. I don't know
3: what you do at that point in time. Yeah. No, it's a, it's
2: a great spot. Well, we, there, we just quit. There's so, so
3: many. Well, listen, so, I wouldn't ask you to do that. There's plenty of talent still at the station for you to keep on going. Just, just quit. Might lose so. a piece piece. of it but now there's again there's so much to do love coming here for the sec tournament now they've got media days down here it's one of the best southern cities in the country and uh we're happy to be here this week and trying to get into submission as well you can't go to bed before eight o'clock this week don't be a no i'm gonna have to have a power nap though at some point that's fine just don't go to bed before
1: eight so what Uh, what these coaches will put you to sleep (laughs) 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 who's on on the list today who's your uh, who's your nap time guy Oh,
3: it's Eli. Eli. until oh, he, Eli stab during right right. Eli? Okay. Yeah. Until he sets me off and says something smart-ass <laughs> about Arkansas, then I'm going to get riled up and so. start ripping him on the air. But until that point, it's a snoozer.
1: Yeah. Anything stand out to you that Matt had to say there about uh, LSU? Well, the front seven. The front seven. You know, if you want to get into football stuff there, uh, the front seven. You know, the stuff about the fans and the game, I mean, I already knew that. Um, we viewed it as a big game, and they didn't. Uh, kind of like us in Missouri now. and uh, But the football part, we're LSU, and we didn't see it in our game because Harold Perkins was a one-man wrecking crew, but their deficiency was in the front seven. And it sounds like they brought in pieces to address that. We'll see if they do. Because if they do, um, they're going to be good. But I also thought what he said about that first game was interesting because – You know, LSU fans, for better or worse, I mean, they've won it all women's basketball. They've won it all now baseball, and I mean, that's the bar, for better or worse. And their fans are thinking national championship. And if you don't win that first game, you do have to run the table to get to the playoff. And they're not running the table in the SEC, I don't think.
3: Yeah. Well, the last time LSU won a football national championship, COVID happened. So it would definitely be worse for all of us yeah. if LSU went on to win the national championship. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent